So, in a city as diverse as Wellington, when you're always uh, less than two people from knowing somebody that can help you with your dream, it's no surprise that the principles of open sourcing and collaboration strike a chord with us. Um, Helen Curlew-Smith is a producer and event manager who's um, co-produced the first three TEDx Wellington events and is um, super passionate about uh, arts in the communities and public space and how collaboration can help all of that. Um, she's here today with us to discuss the forthcoming Open Source Open Society Conference. So kia ora Helen and welcome to B-Side Stories. Thanks for having me. Cool. Um, so I, I noticed from your accent it's not, uh, not a strong New Zealand accent. So what's brought you to Wellington and uh, where are you from originally? So I'm originally from Kingston-upon-Hull. Said in my best accent. Nice. Um, in Yorkshire. And um, I moved to Wellington with my husband and my little daughter um, 10 years ago now. Yeah. And um, I've loved it ever since. I've been, been working in the arts and kind of that sort of space. Yeah, that's right. Um, so um, when I had a look around as to who I would um, best um, fit with, I um, met up with Mark Amory and Sophie Jerram, who are curate- curators and producers of uh, large-scale temporary art projects. And the key for them really is about the um, the involvement of the local community to get involved with things that really matter to them. And so the, that element of participation and breaking down the barriers to um, engage with arts was has always driven my work so they were perfect um, uh, partners to, to, to work with yeah. so have you found it's been quite a strong and a strong scene or uh, enthusiastic scene in Wellington to kind of get involved in well I mean Wellington is a cultural capital it's a it's a beautiful um, small place where we do all know one another and when I did arrive everybody was so friendly generous and that strong sense of community and collaboration as opposed to competition or, you know, um, being a bit, like, worried that there's somebody new on the scene. I was yeah, embraced yeah. and welcomed. Yeah. And I found that um, not only within the arts but within the events that I, I've been working on, like TED X Wellington's, another uh, uh, example of, of just being able to break down those barriers of people to, to really learn about new stuff and share ideas and share stories. And that brought me to um, meet the Inspiral crew, cool. who are also doing amazing work. So, yeah, just a bit of background. So it's the um, OSOS conference, as it's called in short. So it stands for Open Source Open Society. Um, and that's being driven by Inspiral. Uh, is that that correct? I think it was given birth by um, cool. members of the Inspiral network. And... Um, uh, uh, as a result, um, a conference was born last year um, to explore um, just what open source, open society could be and to gather the tribe, I think, that last mm. year was about that. And then because of the success and the interest and the impact that it's having on us all right now in terms of the the, the, the move towards um, participation and collaboration um, rather than the isolated, the big fences around mm. institutions, you know, it's just not going to work it's not our future so um yeah um sylvia zor and a few others um formed an event um company to host osos 2016 yeah super and in who are the 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 network that you're talking about so they're not there are is it 300 members around the world something yeah, like that plus, yeah plus yeah. yeah yeah um it was founded uh, um, by joshua vile who wanted to surround himself with similar minded people who were working on stuff that matters mm. 
And so the network really is um, made up of individuals, um, but mainly those um, social entrepreneurs, startups, and ventures that are, are um, wanting to give more than take out of you know the world. So it's um, it's a really great network as well as it's growing and forming. They're using open principles in terms of tools and processes for all of its members to collaborate and make collective decisions. So the conference is also an expansion of all of the principles that they're working on, innovating and experimenting with. I see. And so just to kind of slightly wind back for the listeners, open source as a definition, can you give us a really good one? Or <laughs> Well, um, yeah, I think for me to really understand what it's about um, uh, is is the original context comes from software development and computer, computer programming. And um, it's defined as something people can modify and share because its design is publicly accessible. So by its very design is to enable people to share or modify it. And those principles um, have really enabled technology to just blow up and expand because it's less of just the one or two people, it's the many who can um, support that that process. And those principles, are, we're looking at those in terms of business, um, technology and democracy this year. And we're asking that question, um, how and why is open better yeah, for yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah, so so like you say, it's it's there's the technology focus, and you you are still um, kind of addressing that in the conference. But um, there's also a bit of a focus on kind of local government and go- and how it can help in government. And I think being based in Wellington, um, and also government really taking a front foot in opening up its data and what that means to um, the the citizens in um, and they're they're leading the way and uh, Keitha Booth was um, um, pivotal in that and she's going to be speaking as well of bringing meaning to you know it's all they're capturing all of this information but um, where is it being presented and what are we doing with it and who has access to that so it's really um, finding ways in which we can use that data. Anybody can access it and use it and help support whatever it is that they need it for. I see. And can you, you can you tell us a bit about, I know you, you're sort of in an event production role, so I don't, I don't know how much um, you know about the speakers that are coming, but how, is there any highlights particularly that... Um, that stand out for you? I think, I mean, the overall highlights for me is there's a lot of thought leadership in this. And Sylvia has specifically invited and curated the the list of speakers to share their story and the journey that they're on in um, adopting open principles and what that means for them and for the organisations that they're working for. So there's going to be some compelling stories. Um, I guess the highlights for me is... um, uh, we've got um, we've got Evan Henshaw Plath, who's coming from America. He was one of the founders um, of the the company behind Twitter, and what that meant to them as uh, you know that open platform and the, the scale of it, and how then he has taken his learning 
from that and pushing it forward to his next kind of enterprises mm. and business. So that's really exciting. Josh Vile speaking about Inspiral and um, open principles um, for the growth of that network and um, how it supported the ventures here in um, Wellington itself. We've got Audrey Tang from Thailand, with, uh, Taiwan, who again is, is really compelling stories about democracy and data and technology and how, how all that make, blends together to enable citizens to make good decisions, informed mm. decisions, and participate and feel empowered to take control or have at least a say in how things are run in their country and what they do with that. I see. Yeah. And the democracy side of things, can you elaborate a little bit more on the open sourcing in democracy? Well, I think in democracy, again, it's about um, transparency and information sharing with um, and to the people. And um, Marianne Elliott and Action Station um, have gone a long way in empowering and informing people on decisions that are being made at the moment and how we can actually participate in that discussion mm. and maybe change, you know, outcomes as a result of um, being more informed. So that's really exciting too. Super. And I was I was going to ask you um, about, uh, is it already happening in Wellington? But it's, I mean, obviously in, with Inspiral it is and it's the principles that Inspiral is kind of a bit based on. But is have you got some other good examples from either kind of Wellington, New Zealand or even globally? Well, I think Wellington is a hub of tech as well and entrepreneurs and startups. And to be honest, there are companies here, um, Catalyst, uh, who have been operating in open source for 20 plus years mm. and um, those uh, the, there's a New Zealand open source society to whom can share many a story of how it's it really has changed the way in people um, code program but also that adopting those principles to to business to everything else that mm. you know is around. I remember seeing it. I mean, the first kind of I kind of clicked of open sourcing outside of technology was a TED talk on. Um, it, I'm, gardening's my background, and it was on uh, 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 hydro. I forget what is what the word is. The um, people basically growing crops in their apartment and how they can use bottles and um, yeah, water cycles within that. And it's um, it was really interesting how they kind of shared that information. And then Mark One went to Mark Two from somebody else somewhere in the world, and they people experimenting and it's kind of collaborating all that information. Um, yeah, uh, where can it go? Like, is there is there any limits with open sourcing and the principles? I think it's to. I, I think for us, we've we've got a ten year plan as to to where we can take the conference. I, I think it's getting deeper into um, the actual impact, but also further reaching to to be able to be adopted and expected that we do have more transparency, that we are able to participate and collaborate in a, in a much more equal way and that we do have a voice and we can, we can impact on everything that we do and as citizens as well as organisations. And I think these are, this is what I'm most interested about the speakers is that people often think that open sourcing it makes everything free, but you mm. can actually have a successful business as well in order to, you know, kind of survive um so i think we're 
with this second conference, we've got our thought leadership. We're going to have some more workshops that are looking deeper at tools and skills and knowledge that you can take back to your own practice and, and, and to the organisations. But there's also that need for networking, for meeting your tribe, meeting others to um, cross, you know, pollinate and, and, and facilitate those kinds of discussions which are ripe, you know, it's ripe and ready now for, for us really to just... Um, launch further and further. Super. And and you are um, actually speaking at the event as well? Is that right? I am, yeah. yeah. So my other hat really is as an arts producer and working with Letting Space. And over the last three years, we've been delivering the Urban Dream Brokerage, which is, um, it facilitates partnerships between our city stakeholders. So there's a, as we know, there's been a lot of properties that are vacant on our high street and so we we slip in the in the in between time and talk to the property owners and say hey look we've got a number of innovative ideas arts projects that could really do with accessing mm. um, a space on our high street to, to break down those barriers to you know not many people want to go to the theater or the galleries these days they just want it there on their doorstep so I've been facilitating um, those relationships to put temporary art projects in our high streets and, yeah. and that's is that urban uh What's it called? Urban Dream Brokerage. Urban yeah, Dream Brokerage. Yeah. And as an impact of the the forty odd projects that we've um, initiated, we've we've really be, began to understand how our cities are changing. Mm. That um, it's not the place that it used to be, and we need to come up with some solutions and some better ideas of how we can get that heart pulsing again mm. and by inviting people to th- rethink about the spaces that are available public spaces as well as um kind of empty shops or offices um that that we've started talking about urban regeneration and vitalization and and all of those things about the commons and how we can all participate in in designing our future cities to mm. meet our needs now so it, it's um really kind of extend my thinking just from actually doing and presenting new ideas and where that takes us um now on that journey mm. do you think that there's um that it's there's an underlying sea change kind of globally with this because I feel like um, open sourcing is based on basically good, good human, good humans, isn't it? And it's that sharing that we're all in it as a collective gain rather than looking out for ourselves or our own businesses. And do you think that there is there is a bigger thing happening? Absolutely, you know, and it's not. It's I think it's been going on for quite a long time, and and it is it is really powerful, and that people are generally you know sociable beings, and that we all want the best for one another, and the the I mean the internet has just transformed the way in which we can share information and the Mm. way that we can collaborate now and the the way that we can learn more about everything and anything that we want to. And I think it's that revolution that really has empowered us all to be able to participate and um, collaborate much more Mm. and open sourcing it based on those, you know, it's designed specifically to be accessible and to be shareable and um, to be modified and edited and refined and improved yeah um, and it's through that i think that has been the real breakthrough super um patricia have you got any thoughts on it my mind was exploding with possibilities for 
open society democracy and the impact on journalism, but I have a really important question for you. You said before that businesses can be successful on the open source platform. And if this is a platform of sharing information, not necessarily uh, financial generation, wealth generation, how does it become a successful business? I think it, it's just shaking the old paradigm of, of, you know, IP and closed doors and we've got this knowledge, we have got this skill and we're going to keep it and we're going to leverage it and we're going to, you know, um, attach a dollar sign to that. The, um, the open source principles have actually said that, that that is very limiting in terms of what are those services and products that you can produce by actually having... Uh, doors into that process, into their development of that, and to, to um, I guess, crowd, crowd fund, crowdsource, you know, that, that term that we're hearing mm. much more about, is that we are better operating as a collective and, um, and opening that door to, to possibilities. But in terms of making <clears throat> a successful business out of a, an open source venture, are you... Um, is it typically something where you're selling ad space or is it just kind of a barter economy where we all, we're all in it together and we're supporting each other and springboarding each other to it, Yeah, I think heights? that's really interesting. I, um, just hearing um, a podcast on Access Granted actually was about media and how we consume that now. And so for Fairfax who have gone online and have produced the stuff and that, you know, you can get... Um, news right now um, and um, on the internet on demand they're saying that actually they are looking to how how can this media now be cross-pollinated in Facebook feeds or in Twitter feeds because we're all consuming stuff um, in different ways and we have to work in collaboration there has to be partnerships of all of these different kinds of um, parts we play in people's lives and, and how we consume them. So I can't answer that, and I'm sure um, there are many people who are able to talk about how it's profitable, but, you know, Catalyst. Um, Don Christie there is going to share his story, which is 25, 30 year plus, about how he has made a, a successful tech business um, thrive, not only in New Zealand but globally, um, on those principles. So um, I don't know the answer, but um, <laughs> that was a pretty good answer for not knowing. Yeah, 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 I thought it was, was excellent. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did, you did great. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Come and to the conference and you'll find out more. So on that, actually, yeah. So the conference is twenty second, twenty third of August. Is yeah, so it's right? Monday yeah. and Tuesday, twenty second, twenty third of August. We're at the Michael Fowler Center, and um, for more information, you can just go to osos.nz, and we have got a special. 10 discounted tickets available to anybody who wants to use a coupon code that I could just say now. Oh, go, go, go for it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so if you put capital letters open access and then go to buy your tickets, you can get a 10% discount off the open access there. code. I'm going to do it right now. Yeah. Oh, oh listeners good. Do it. Super. Go on. And I will be there through my day job capacity as well, hopefully. So, yeah. Um, 
And did you just um you did you mention a little bit about smart cities just before we went on air? Is it, so is that that's an example kind of of Wellington doing something? Is that yeah? Well, yeah. this is what's so great is that we've got so many people who can talk to Open um, from Wellington alone. Never mind mm. New Zealand or even globally. So um, I think we've got um, we're gonna have. Um, I'm just looking now. William Webster, Professor of University of Stirling, and Tim Packer from NEC, who are looking at ah, Tim, um, yes. uh, surveillance and the smart city um, devices that are being implemented in Wellington at the moment. Mm. Where I mean, it's just amazing that there's sensors now. I think in our city that can detect breaking glass so it uh, from that trigger that would alert somebody to go there's breaking glass on Courtney Place we can respond to that you know mm. um but it's not capturing all the data or I I don't know where that comes in terms of yeah. people's privacy or signing yeah. up for it so hopefully um Tim and William will unpack that and present a compelling reason why super yeah tim's somebody i i, I want to connect with because i've got an idea at work that i need to push with him so yeah yeah so um, heard, during yeah. the conference there's there's going to be 10 workshops and streams of stuff like that yeah. there's going to be um licensing and creative commons there's going to be open data transparency discussions open cities discussions um <laughs> so there's a whole series of of, of real learning there but also you can bring along your own ideas and there's open workshop opportunities mm. too to facilitate your own or to just join a small group who are interested in a specific element of that. Super. Um, thanks so much for joining us today, Helen. Yeah, you've been, it's been excellent and I'm super excited and inspired now to, to get, get along to that. So 22nd and 23rd of August, Michael Fowler Centre. They can find it from open source, open society. OS- dot- uh, oh, so go, yeah. Yeah, is, is sorry. That... OSOS.nz. OSOS.nz. Cool. Okay. And um, yeah, all the information's up there as well, isn't it? And the ticket code is only available till Friday. So okay. the first 10 people to use Open that. access is yeah. the ticket code. So yeah, listen in, get a discount. And um, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Um, we'll put all the website, we'll put all the information up on our Facebook page um, as normal. You're listening to B Side Stories on Wellington Access Radio, seven eight three AM and online. We'll just break for a little song and then we'll come back with. Um, and who's who are you talking to, Patricia? Peter Brett Kelly, director of documentary films, New Super. Zealand. Yeah. Cool. All right. So listen in. <laughs> 